The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, anybody else I may have missed, and the boat rockers, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio and Missouri Liberty Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. <clears throat> I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley Show, or actually not Bradley Show. This was a educational video from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to check that out, you can do so up at the three o'clock this afternoon, three Eastern, at which time he'll be live in this little area right here. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever advice you got there, and then uh, look for the rumble icon in the bottom right hand corner. Click on that and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Yeah, good to see you guys. Sorry, it was my mouse acting up. Uh, the screen froze up and I couldn't do things. So that's why you didn't have music this morning uh, in the pre-show. So my apologies for that, but there wasn't anything I could do. It's just it was locked up for some reason. Anyway, um, good to see you guys and um, good morning to you. Also, while you're over there on Rumble, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. <clears throat> Excuse me, please subscribe there. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. And um, we appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot over there. Right up under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, do that. You get all the articles we put out for the day in your inbox in the evening, late afternoon, uh, evening time. And uh, that goes out every day. And then if you want our ministry email, be sure to go to sonsoflibertyradio.com and sign up for that right off the front page. You can pick that up. Uh, pretty simple, pretty pretty easy to, to take care of. Now, I'm just going to let you know something. Um, I did a little Facebook Live last night. I told you that uh, I was going to be doing my hydro, turning that on and seeing what it does. I was pleasantly surprised. In fact, I'm going to keep an eye on it and kind of document it through a couple of tanks of gas before I determine whether I'm going to do this. But um, I, I turned it on and you know, that little thing you have on, you, and we, our car is old 2012 and, uh, you get those little 
you can push the button and it'll tell you the range for the, you know, how much, how many more miles you can drive until it goes empty, right? Well, on ours, uh, it was when we got in and cranked it up to start it the first time, it was running 324, 324 miles to go. And it was almost a full tank. I think my, my wife had filled it up when she went out to pick her daughter up the other day. But um, it, it was almost a full tank. And me and my son just drove it down the road. I don't know. 10 miles down the road, so 10 miles down, 10 miles back. It may not even been that far. Uh, and by the time we had gotten back home, this thing had adjusted itself, and it was showing 386 miles, and then 380 when we got, by the time we got back. Uh, so, I, you know, if it keeps up something like that, yeah, the Brown family could use an extra 60, 80, 100 miles, whatever, every tank of gas. Uh, that'd be like a full, that'd be like a fill up every month. That'd be a great saving. So just something to throw out there. I know everybody struggles with different things and uh, I can tell you, I've, I've put this one in and uh, so far it seems to be running well, but I'll, I'll give you an update and just kind of let you know, because I know a lot of people are very interested in how they can uh, save in their budget, uh, especially with the inflation taking place the way it is. I made mention of this a little bit yesterday, uh, but the way things are going, I mean, it just, it's it's really ridiculous. It really is. Let me move some things down here. If you'd like to call in, if you got a, a comment or a question or anything like that, you're welcome to call in. The phone line is open. This is the only reason I have it open. You know, some people said, hey, you know, we'd like to have a phone line so we can call in this, that, and the other. And then there aren't that many people that call. So <laughs> the phone line is available to you. 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. Um, over the past, say, 10 days at the Sons of Liberty, we've had a, I mean, every day we have at least one story where it involves police officers breaking the law, being just downright goons, okay? I don't, I don't know a nice way to say it. Extorting people, killing people, you know, taking advantage of people. And so what I thought I would do is I would take you through the last 10 days. We've had a number of stories that we've posted on this, on this subject of, you know, cops here, uh, those who are supposed to be, quote unquote, law enforcement. At least that's what we're told. Now, we've already made mention of the fact that in many cities where they're allowing for pride parades, the police officers are not enforcing the law. In fact, we've played video where they're actually out there breaking the law by letting the sodomites and such have, you know, their protest or their pride month or whatever out in the street. And they will go and arrest a man simply for reading the scriptures. It's a clear violation of law. These people are not law enforcers. They are part of organized crime. And why is that? Because we, the people, have shirked our responsibility of being the militia, as the Constitution says, who are the only law enforcers mentioned in there. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16. The only law enforcers mentioned, besides the president, is the militia. That's it. And we hire it out. I mean, police officers themselves are not elected. Neither is the police chief by the people. They have usually have a town council or a county council or a city council or something like that that elects a police chief, and then he 
sets up to elect uh, the policemen. None of them are directly accountable to people because the people don't put them in office. They do indirectly. The sheriff, they elect. They put those guys in, the sheriff's deputies and such. They do that. But these, I'm going to share with you some of these stories, and I want you to keep this in mind. When we've talked about presidents and looking for men you put in office, you put men of character in there, right? You're supposed to. And everybody goes, oh, we don't need a pastor in church. If you, if you picked up on, on some things that we've talked about in the past about the church or the ecclesia, or if you paid attention to the, the shows that I did concerning um, uh, Matthew 24 and the kingdom of God and Christ as king, if you were paying attention to that, then the ecclesia is the assembly. And I'm not necessarily talking about when you go into a church building. I'm talking about it is the people of God coming together. And there is governance that's done under King Jesus. And so every one of these police officers is supposed to be a part of that ecclesia. They're supposed to be a part of the assembly there. And if they're not upholding the law, there's a real problem there. One of the things that Paul tells uh, his, his readers in Romans chapter 13 is this. And he's making the argument that all men are sinners, and that means they have transgressed God's law, 1 John 3, 4. They've, they've broken his law. So this is what it says. For there is no respect of persons with God, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So he talks about the difference between Jew and Gentile. One's given the law, one isn't. Some are circumcised, some are not. But it's, this is how they're going to be judged. Verse 13. For not the hearers, listen to this, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. You get that? This is all about deeds. What you're doing. I want to correct it for those who say, well, I just have faith. Show me your faith by your deeds. That's what James says, right? Yep, that's exactly what he says. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their contents also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean, while accusing or else excusing one another. All right, so let's take, we'll come back to some, some text here in just a minute. Let's take a couple of these stories that we've uh, uh, been accumulating over the past 10 days. And, and again, every day we have at least one that usually comes out um, on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You say, well, Tim, why don't you, why don't you highlight some of the good cops? And it's, well, that's what you have cops for. That's what you have the show cops for. You never see the bad cops on there. It's all good cops. That's what, that's what they want to portray. And um, that's just not, a, that's not reality. Nor is reality that every single cop is a bad cop. Okay? But considering the balance of who controls the media and things, uh, I think this is a, at least a good thing that we point out. 
And all of these, by the way, are from our friend Matt Agrist over at the Free Thought Project. This one, it's just, I don't know. It, you tell me what you think. You can give me a call if you want to do that. As violent crime skyrock, skyrockets, cops arrest innocent man for chalking a sidewalk without a permit. Now, this is in Texas. This is in Texas. Earlier this year, San Antonio Police Chief William McManus presented his crime report to a public safety committee. It showed that crimes against people, property, and society skyrocketed in 2022 when compared to the previous year. McManus told city leaders he is strongly concerned about the violence. But then, as we go down, we find that this guy, and I don't know what happened to the video because the video was there, um, but this guy is out on, he's just a, you know, he's one of these guys. He's very talented with his, with his chalk. And how many of you guys had kids and you do chalk on your driveway, you'd go to the park playground and there might be a place there and they're doing some chalk and it's not a big deal. Why? Because as soon as it gets wet, it's going to wash away anyway. It's not, it's not like a permanent graffiti thing that you get through spray paint or something like this. It's just not the same thing. Anyway, this guy, they want to arrest him because he was doing this out on you know, a public sidewalk. It's something that people's going to walk on that nobody's going to have a fit over anyway. And again, it's going to wash away. This happened here in Texas. And I, I, the, I don't know why the, um, the guy's name is Lakey Henson, L-A-K-E-Y, Lakey Henson. He's a chalk enthusiast and the victim of this absurd overreach of authority, which I think it is too was merely adorning a public pavement in front of Randolph. And again, this is not like using spray paint that is going to be permanent. Nobody's going to have to go out there and clean it off. God's going to do that through the rain. <laughs> uh, but they, the video showed him, I mean, full on, the officers grab him, throw his hands behind his back, handcuffing him. And and they and the arrogance of these cops. We want to give you a break, but now you're pushing us to do this. <laughs> Gosh, man. I mean, don't you guys have like some murderers, some rapists, some kidnappers? You know, I, somebody that's really committing crimes. Don't you have somebody that, that you need to be looking after? I I don't get it. I don't get it. This one also. This was published on June the twentieth. Serial rapist cop gets off with a wrist slap as taxpayers are forced to pay his victims. Now, how does that work? How does that work? This is out of Kentucky. Serial rapist cop gets off with a wrist slap as taxpayers forced to pay his victims. Once again, in a case that illustrates the clear injustice in our system, writes Matt Aggers, Louisville Metro taxpayers are forced to cough up $275,000 to compensate for the heinous actions of one of their former police officers, Pablo Cano. The serial rapist admitted to non-consensual sex. He admitted to it. Okay, He admitted to it. Non-consensual sex with five women between 2015 and 2017 a series of vile acts committed while he was supposed to be protecting and serving the community. I mean, can you believe this? You've got five women that he admits he raped between two, uh, 
in in the period of two years or three, if you count all the years, you know, fully. The taxpayers are going to pay $275,000, I'm assuming, to all five women. In other words, it's going to be split up between the five women. Not only, not only is he going to get off with a wrist slap here, but the humiliation of the women. Tell me something, women. If there was five of you that a cop had done this to, and they said, we're going to give you guys $275,000 to compensate for this. You think that, do you think that works for compensation? I mean, nothing can really compensate if you've been raped. Don't get me wrong. But my goodness, that's like a slap in the face, if you ask me. Here's what, it, here's what we read. Back in June 2017, the first lawsuit claiming sexual assault was lodged against Kano after he alleged allegedly followed a woman home and raped her. Upon the revelation, the Louisville Metro Police Department placed him on administrative leave during their investigation. They paid him too, probably. However, this predator had the audacity to simply resign from his post in September 2017. Astonishingly, news coverage of Kano's monstrous deeds led even more women to step forward, accusing him of sexual abuse, approximately 10, including his former girlfriends. Hmm. Among the victims, Jane Doe 4 courageously revealed that Kano forced himself on her during a traffic stop with the incident partially caught on his body camera. Sadly, these brave women felt they had to settle, hoping to avoid reliving their trauma through a court ordeal. And the settlement divided up amounts to $50,000 each for four victims, while Jane Doe number 4 received $75,000. It's, I mean, this, this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, uh, of course, these stories will be up at sonsoflibertymedia.com. They'll be in the archive, so you can read the rest of the story yourself if you want to do that. But check this out. This, this is the end of this story here. Adding to the disgusting nature of uh, Kano's crimes is the fact that the former cop also pleaded guilty to possessing child porn. Mm -hmm. this guy who was raping these women and that the taxpayers are paying for. You know, listen, the reason you're paying for it, taxpayers in Louisville, Kentucky, is because justice isn't being brought. It's just not being brought. Kano, the admitted serial rapist, pleaded guilty in 2019 to five counts of sexual misconduct and a charge of possession of child pornography. Remarkably, he was released just three years into his five-year prison sentence. They thought for raping five women that he wouldn't pay a dime. They would pay them $50,000 each and won $75,000. And this guy would only get five. He would get a year in jail for raping these women, a year for each woman. What in the world? A year in jail. Do you, do you think that's justice here in America? Do you think that's justice anywhere? But the Bible would say that such a man is to be put to death. That's not what happened here. Released three years into his five-year prison sentence. I'm sure that makes all these women and others who know the story, that just makes them feel very comfortable and safe, doesn't it? 
Today, he is basking in the Florida sun. Hmm. Florida. Forever banned from being a police officer due to the child pornography conviction, but not the rape, rape stuff? Oh, man. My goodness. But surely this punishment is insufficient for his category of depravity. But who's left holding the bag? It, it, it isn't him. It isn't him paying for the crime. It's the taxpayers paying for the crime. Because not only did they pay these victims off, they paid three hots and a cots for this guy for three years. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not a fool. I also know that they're using bonds and all kinds of other things behind the scenes to generate money from this guy while he's in jail. The state does. But the fact of the matter is, is who's the one who's actually paying here? It's the innocent. It's not the guilty. And until we get that through our heads, we're never going to see any peace in our time. We're just not going to see it. We're not going to see it. Okay, here's the next one. Cop arrested after video showed him punch compliant man, bash his head into concrete floor. Yeah, the, the, their own jail uh, caught the video, if I'm not mistaken here. This happened in Warren, Michigan. In a disturbing revelation that questions the, the sanity of those entrusted with upholding the law, a Warren police officer identified as Matthew James Rodriguez was caught on camera brutally assaulting an inmate within the precinct walls. The brutal beatdown, which is far removed from any semblance of due process or justice, unfolded on June the 13th, and the details were shared with the public during a press conference this week. The victim was no angel. He had been charged with carjacking and weapons charges. He deserved his day in court and potentially jail time, but now stands to receive a taxpayer-funded, there it is again, who's going to pay for this? the crimes here? Well, the taxpayers are. Taxpayer-funded taxpayer uh, payday because of one rogue officer's inability to control his rage. He tells about this, and I'm going to, uh, video should be down here. The event caught on camera took place at the Warren Police Department uh, jail, revealing how the officer in question, the 48-year-old veteran cop who had been with the department since 2008, flagrantly violated his oath of office. The footage shows Rodriguez, who was responsible for booking the 19-year-old Detroit man, not just punching the suspect, but also throwing him onto the ground and ruthlessly slamming his head against the floor. The assault is so stomach-turning that Warren Police Commissioner Bill Dwyer released a statement noting that, quote, this is not who we are. Are you sure about that, Bill? I'm just asking. Here's the report on it so you can see some of it yourself. Officer to defendant. That's no way to serve nor protect. A Warren police officer charged for attacking a suspect at the city jail. That Warren police officer is on unpaid leave tonight after being charged with assault. Good to have you with us here at 5. I'm Devin Skillier. I'm Kimberly Gill. A security camera caught the whole thing as it happened. You see Officer Matthew Rodriguez hit that 19-year-old suspect and take him to the ground. Pamela Osborne live in Warren tonight. Pamela, Warren's police commissioner and the county prosecutor. They are not mincing words about this. 
They certainly are. The commissioner called it a disgrace, and he went on to say that the video footage is sad and upsetting to every single member of the Warren Police Department. I did have the opportunity to speak with the former assistant chief of DPD tonight. We watched that footage together, and he says Officer Rodriguez should be in jail. Bam! That reaction coming from Detroit's former assistant police chief, Steve Dolan, who was just as shocked as we were to see a 19-year-old prisoner become a victim at the hands of an officer. It's sickening and stuff like that says this is why we don't trust you. It's bad. It's, it's bad. Watch Officer Matthew Rodriguez. You see him get up from a chair during the booking process. He and the prisoner, they exchange words and then he hits the 19 year old, slams him up against a wall into the ground. Within six seconds, the arresting officers rush in. Commissioner Dwyer says what you see now is their attempt to defuse the situation. One of the officers reported saying that's enough. That's enough. The assault continues as Rodriguez hits the 19-year-old again before pulling him up by his hair and his shirt and then throwing him into a jail cell. Nobody, not even a police officer on duty, is above the law. The two arresting officers were oh, but the they are. their supervisor they are. prompting an immediate internal investigation. Officer Rodriguez was placed on leave three hours later. He was formally charged today. Macomb County Prosecutor Pete Lacido. There's no duty to hit anyone. There's no duty to go ahead and do what exactly happened in the video. Both Lacido and Commissioner Dwyer commending the actions of the arresting officers who spoke out against one of their own after witnessing something that wasn't right. The men and women of this department, uh, they do not deserve uh, to be looked at as another Rodriguez. And that's what happens in law enforcement. It's the perception yeah let's 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 go it is the perception and here's the thing if you don't bring justice got a little loud in my mind if you don't bring justice then it will lead people to look at your department that everybody's like that because they'll see you're trying to cover it up or you're trying to go easy on this guy here who did what he did and again this doesn't say the guy who got hit wasn't doing something wrong and that maybe he, you know, but he has a day in court for that evidence to be proven. Just because somebody accuses you of something doesn't mean you're necessarily guilty of it. This is why we have a process. That's why we have due process. Any of you guys have watched some of these First Amendment audits by guys dealing with cops who don't know the law and stuff or any of this other stuff? If you watch it, you'll find out just how ignorant a lot of cops are of the law. And yet, they're to be there with the full force of the government behind them to arrest you, to kick you, call you names, blurt out their profanities at you, strip search you, cavity search you, do whatever they want to do, whatever they think is right to find whatever. That's what's going on. If you don't bring justice, then yeah, you do open yourself up for people to look at you that way. This is why. Uh, and I know some people have have done some other things uh, in the past to deal with some, uh, uh, you know, issues that come up regarding some of these these cops and things. But this is an issue. It's a real issue that's in front of us. And one day it might be you. It might be your wife. It might be your kids that they come up. We, we had a guy on uh, some cops had tracked his son at night. 
they, they had something against him and ended up shooting that young man and killing him. This was a this was a veteran. He served in the in the Air Force, if I if I if I recall correctly. Uh, but anyway, we've got a call coming in. Um, and uh, so we'll see what the comment is or the question. And uh, caller, are you there? Hey, how you doing, Tim? Good. How are you? I'm still blessed, brother. It's never going to change. Good. Is this Sean? Yes, sir. Good. Good to hear from you. What's on your mind? So along the lines with all this police stuff, mm -hmm. an incident happened a few years ago where a young cop got in my 12-year-old nephew's face, so, picked him out of all of his little white friends, cussed him out, almost hit him. A mother, one of, the, one of his friend's mothers, because my, my nephew's mixed, right? Okay. So one of his friend's mothers caught it on video. The officer was allowed to resign. Fast forward two years ago, well, almost three years ago now, I moved to Merchantville. Guess who's working here? Yeah. Yeah, they let him go in order that they can go start it up somewhere else. This was... This was part of the things, and I would encourage people who are listening to the show <clears throat> who are even considering putting support behind Ron DeSantis uh, for the White House, because some years ago we were uh, covering the corruption that was going on in the court system in Lee County and among and with the sheriff down there, Carmine Mercino. I mean, this guy didn't even meet the state requirement to be a police officer, yet he was wearing the uniform for 16 years and then was appointed by Rick Scott to be uh, the, the sheriff, he was the undersheriff before this guy had used his position to engage women in sex, uh, got one lady pregnant, uh, then was charged with, uh, going and uh, arresting her in one of her court cases where they had stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars from her, uh, in which her, even the judge down there was busted in a prostitute sting. This is how corrupt it was. And Ron DeSantis and Ashley Moody and FDLE and the Ethics Commission and all down there, they're all corrupt, every one of them, because we sent them the documentation to show, here's the documentation, he doesn't meet the standards, we, we pulled the records and everything, they even did a report out there, and they don't do it. And as long as they don't do that, Sean, as long as they don't really bring justice and they let these guys off, they'll go somewhere else and be a predator somewhere else, just like what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I have a question. Sure. Ron DeSantis, now that you brought him up, wasn't he a prosecutor when Epstein was convicted in Florida the first time? I don't know if he was or not. I know he worked Gitmo some. I know that he would have been involved uh, due to the fact it was in Florida that uh, he was working with, uh, what's his name, Alexander, who Trump promoted up there in the Labor Absolutely. Department with him. But I don't know about the first one. That's a good point. Maybe I'll look that up and see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one worth researching there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to let you get back to it. I don't want to keep y'all. Everyone, okay. have a blessed day. Thank you. God you too, bless. Sean. You too. All right. There goes Sean. And I uh, appreciate that call. And uh, the numbers, the phone line's open, 803-619-9855. Please call during the live show, okay? Not after it. It's because it's going to go to a voicemail because it's a Google Voice account. Anyway, you're welcome to call. Love to hear from you guys if you want to do that. Thank you, Sean. Um, let's see. This one. 
the uh, some of these is just that if these right here just a couple that i've given you don't make you mad listen to some of these cop with a spotless record caught hiding cameras to record children undressing and then trafficking those videos this is out of oregon Eugene, Oregon, and a crude reminder of the deep-rooted corruption in law enforcement and the judicial system, former veteran affairs police officer Robert Wayne. That sounds like, doesn't that sound like uh, one of those serial killers? You know, they always got Wayne or John or whatever. I forget what the names were that they used to. Robert Wayne Rohde. How do you like that name? Robert Wayne Rohde has been sentenced to a mere 14 years for his heinous and despicable crimes involving child exploitation. The shocking case in which the alleged protector of children's children's ugh, that's a that's my fault for not picking that up there. T Turn predator embodies a blight on the face of justice and accountability. Rody, a 50 year old Roseburg resident, made the perverse decision to invade the sanctity of a home by hiding cameras in the bedrooms and showers to exploit innocent children, creating a trail of sexually explicit photos and videos. I mean, you got to be one sick devil to go into somebody's house. And put cameras up to take pictures and videos of their kids. What in the world? I mean, who thinks of stuff like that? People who've been turned over to a reprobate mind. No, no, no. Don't tell me God loves you. God loves this guy. No, 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 no. No. Romans 1 says he's turned them over to this stuff. Oh, there's a need for a call to repentance. There's no question about that. But there's a need for justice in these matters, too. Confronted by Douglas County Sheriff's investigators after they received a tip-off in October 2020, Rody was finally cornered into admitting his guilt. Absolutely incredible. And, and notice this. Federal prosecutors, for doing this to these children and to this family, let me pick up the first part here just so you get the context. This is when his blue privilege began to emerge. The plea he entered was to a single count of attempted transportation of child pornography. That was the only count he entered a plea into. A crime that begs the question, why was he allowed to plead to only one charge? Yeah, ask yourself that. Do you get to determine which charges you're going to, you know, deal here? The appalling reality is that our justice system appears to have handed Rody a sweetheart deal. Yeah, they do that all the time for the agents of the state. Considering the magnitude and the long-lasting impact of his atrocities, federal prosecutors rightly recommended a sentence of 17 years and six months. I, how do you come up with that? I, I mean, where did, the, did this 17 months and 17 years and six months? Does the, is that a magical kind of formulation for finding out what justice is? Come on. However, his defense attorney, Kurt David. Hermanson audaciously requested a sentence of just eight years and four months, citing Rody's so-called spotless record and lack of prior criminal history. He did this to children. What does Jesus say should happen to a man who causes a little one to stumble? How much more one who's taken advantage of them and taken away their innocence in such a fashion? Yeah, you don't get... 17 years, you don't get eight years, you don't get life in prison. You get a millstone hung around your neck and you get dropped in the ocean. 
And I'm telling you, you start doing this, you get one or two of them, and it's a public display that you're, you're going to do this to people who do these things, and you will shut them down. You will shut them down. They won't do it. Because they know if they get caught now, they get the slap on the hand. If they get it in the future, and you're doing this kind of stuff to, to people who do this, and they're convicted of it, they know they ain't going to be breathing. Yet, this is what he was doing. This is what he was doing. Here's another one. Cops terrorize 10-year-old girl. Drag her from her home. Handcuff her after she opens the door. She was up at night by herself. This was in California. She was at, up by, at night by herself. Um, I, they were there for um, picking up someone else. And when she heard the knock on the door because it was late at night, she went and turned the lights off because she didn't know who it was. And so when she came out, um, they, they just arrested her. I mean, it's clear the, she's a little girl. She even tells them, I'm a baby. She doesn't know what's going on. Now, she's not a baby, but she is definitely a child. Public exposure threatens to engulf Sacramento Police Department in controversy following an audit that exposes rampant civil rights violations. Adding fuel to this impending inferno is a video depicting officers arresting a 10-year-old girl, an act that leaves indelible marks on the already tarnished image of the department. This happened back in February 2022. Uh, they're just getting the footage here. The body cam footage has recently surfaced. It displays a nerve-wracking scene wherein officers sees a young girl right after she opens her door. Her cries pierce the silent ambience as an officer coldly inquires about the other house occupants. So let's just slide down here and take a look at the report. And for you guys, for you guys who are on uh, the radio, I'll try to kind of talk a little bit over the report here for when when it comes on for what you cannot see, but you'll be able to hear some of the interaction here. No, you don't get to go and hide and turn off the lights. That's not how this works. Okay. And they're handcuffing this little girl and tell her she can't turn off the lights in her own house. Considering the recommendations of an audit by the Office of Public Safety Accountability. This after body-worn camera shows an officer handcuffing a 10-year-old. That audit covered a variety of issues, but it's the handcuffing of that 10-year-old girl that's drawing emotional reaction tonight. Yeah, police went to the house in February last year for a probation search at the time. Officers say they knew people were inside at the time. As they pounded on the front door, the lights inside were turned off and no one immediately opened the door. Eventually, a 10-year-old girl did come to the door, and that's when she was taken into custody. Come to the door right now. Open the door. I'm a baby. Open the you're door. not a baby if you're not Open listening. Open the door. Come outside. Come outside right now. Who is here? You're going Who is here? There's no one in here. No, you don't get to go and hide and turn off the lights. That's you don't you works. you don't get to do that in your own house. Okay, but you're gonna be we are the authority. I'm scared. I'm scared. Why are you running and hiding? I'm scared. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How old are you? I'm ten. Let me take this off you. I don't need 
Okay, so here he takes the here he takes the cuffs off, but he's already put them. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do what you want to do in your own house and turn turn off the lights and stuff like. Do you see this this kind of mentality? And it's encouraged. That's the thing. It's often encouraged. How many of you? What would you What would you do if this was your ten year old daughter? See, it's a provoking of the people too. It's this bullying coming in because I have the uniform, I have the badge, and the full weight and force of government behind you. I can just come in and and we've got tons of stories where these guys will go and they'll just shoot randomly into the house. See, that was part of the issue with the whole Breonna Taylor issue. Whether she was doing something right or wrong or whatever, it was them coming in in the middle of the night, right? And just shooting indiscriminately anywhere. I mean, they could have killed people in the other apartments. So this is all of what's going on. And it's absolutely incredible that this kind of stuff happens, but nevertheless, it does. So uh, this is another one. And there's more. I've got a few more that I'm going to share with you this morning. And then we're going to go to the scripture because this is, if there's not a change from the people to correct their servants and all of these police officers, like it or not, they're supposed to be your servants. That's what they're supposed to be. They're not in many cases. I'm again, uh, I've met some guys who who wear the uniform and they have a they've been given authority by the state to go in your car for all and they're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna go and and, and do those kinds of things. Good. Good. Go catch the real bad guys. That's what I say. All right, we've got another caller calling in. Caller, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Can you? I can hear you. Um, you hear? All right, yeah, yeah. This is this is Adam from uh, Michigan. Yeah, Adam. Uh, how you doing? Good. Um, so here here in uh, uh, Hastings, Michigan, um, we we've had some issues uh, with some police corruption for quite a few years. Uh, they. Uh, have a police chief, well, a former police chief, who uh, is a known womanizer, um, has had multiple affairs, um, and, and while he was a police officer, started out while he was a, uh, became a, a sergeant, he had an affair, um, with a woman who is now our county prosecutor, um, and then he, uh, when he became chief of police, he then had an affair on her with another woman who worked at the local school. Um, the most recent was in 2020. Um, he uh, was the prime suspect of a larceny in City Hall um, where there were documents that were stolen from a personnel file from the clerk's office. There were two days where the clerk came in and found that her office had been compromised. A, a room that is locked and no one else has access. Only a couple people have access. And um, she found that there were two of three uh, documents that uh, were related to uh, interactions with the with uh, uh, a female person in the in the uh, city and with three separate male individuals. Two of those documents were missing. One of those had to do with police chief Pratt. Um, so the police chief 
was the prime suspect, was the one with all of the motive, everything for it. Um, the state police did an investigation, they claimed, and uh, they came back and saying it was an administrative situation that they uh, had to look into themselves. Um, and so it ended up uh, the, the city manager at the time uh, stepped down and put in his resignation. Um, the assistant or deputy chief was doing the investigation locally. Um, and we have, I have the records that show the communications between the deputy chief doing the investigation with the city manager asking him if, so the deputy chief doing the investigation asked the city manager if he should continue investigating after the state police report came out. Wow. They ended up saying, he ended up saying, well, no, I don't think you should. And so he didn't. He stopped investigating. Three days later, police chief steps down from his position. And now, unfortunately, in this community, the, the school where his latest wife works uh, created a new position, a brand new job. There was no dean of students position at Hastings School uh, for the middle or high school. But they created the position for him. Wow. to come in and have, literally created, because the job requisite names police or criminal justice three times, three times for a school position where it doesn't name once a length of service or time required for dealing specifically with children. Mm. Every job like I looked up for a dean of students was at minimum three to five years of direct uh, you know, it, with children. I mean, this is, and this is someone who, like right. I said, is a known womanizer who all women that have grown up in this community have known that he has harassed them as a police officer. And, and this is, this is the type of, play, I mean, and this is a great town. I mean, I, I, the city of Hastings is amazing. Really? The people are great. And, and, and it's just mind blowing that we've allowed this type of depravity to be, the leaders of the of the the highest moral authority essentially in our community these these people are to be upholding the law and are absolute breakers of all of the law moral law yep. you know our civil law all of the things they are doing are against what they're supposed to be upholding yeah see adam this is this is part of the the problem that i have when i start hearing about the entrapments and other things that that cops do especially day to day. Now, some people are going to, they're going to, they're going to dispute me and this, that, and the other, all you want, but just hear me out for a second. When you're going down the road and let's say there's a speed limit there. Well, that's not a moral issue. It really isn't. God didn't give us right. anything in his law that talks about how fast we travel and how, how right. you know, what that is, but he does, he does, you know, I don't have a problem with people if they wanted to say, okay, this is a safe speed. Okay, that's fine. It'd be kind of like saying you need to put the railing up on top of your house. Now, that was part of God's law, but he didn't institute a permits office to come by and make sure you had railing up. It just said, you know what? If you have a party up there and somebody falls off, and you don't have that railing. That's on you and you're going to be held accountable to it. But if you got the railing up, well, then it's on the person who goes, you know, acting crazy or whatever. And they they jump off the top of the thing. Whatever, that's on them. So there was a, there was a there was a line to show where there was negligence or something like that. 
But now right. you have police officers who sit on the side of the road and they they specifically target the people to extort them for the fruit of their labor because they were traveling yep. a certain speed. And the officer was clearly going 20, 30, 40, 50 miles faster than they were to catch them. And then he has the audacity to say, you know, I've been to a lot of accidents where, you know, the speed was involved and people killed. And, and I just look at him and I just go, so how fast were you going to catch me? If, if yep. speed is the issue, if that's really the indoctrination, excuse me, that you're going to spit out, then I want to know what you were doing. Were you not endangering people too? And most cops mm-hmm. don't even think about that. They just think, well, this is the job. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I understand it's the job. It's the agent of the state. You're the policy enforcer. But sadly, yeah. they're, not, they're, they're breaking the law, and they're allowed to break the law in many cases in order to, quote, unquote, catch the bad guys. It's I, the, well, the, the whole pirates, thing is twisted. You know, and it, I love using the pirates, uh, 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 you know, the analogy with them because ultimately they are upholding the laws of the sea, anyways. Yeah. And so it's just it's perfect, right? So, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the exactly road right. pirates. By the way, you had you had a you had a police officer walk you out of a of a meeting where you were addressing your indentured <laughs> servants too, didn't you? Um. Which which meeting did I get walked out of? This last one that you this last one you sent me the video for where you called her a communist. Yeah, this last week here. Yeah, yeah, Monday. That was last Monday. Um, yeah, definitely a Title Forty Two, uh, nineteen eighty, uh, Section 80, 1983 uh, mm-hmm. rights violations uh, case is going to be filed against them um, for for calling them Marxists and yeah. communists. Yeah, they said that was a personal attack. That I cannot do that but it's not a personal and, attack on the people they're serving for doing what they're doing right it's, that's not personal well it's because i said her i said the oh, uh, greenwood i said i said trusty greenwood or is a marxist oh that's a personal attack i, I don't believe that I, I like i've said to everyone i said if i was a personal attack i would i would say something about her appearance i would say something about her as a you know as a person, you know, as a mother or as a, you know, something else, right, would be personally attacking her. She is in a position where she has been, where she really, she's not even been elected yet. She is an appointed individual in our system of governance. Incredible. So she having a voice like she has in any capacity is disgusting yeah. and wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and, and, and so, yeah, she, she um, yeah, and, and the supervisor, the supervisor is the true tyrant that is the one doing these things and silenced me and told me that, you know, I, I'm wrong and that I have to, I mean, it, but, 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 but the best part about it is we have recorded repeatedly um, the supervisor not following her own rules yeah. and, and doing her rules, proving that her rules have been to silence and control certain individuals being myself and Mr. Schatz at the meeting. Yeah. Um, I, Mr. See, Schatz, I'm going to get him on. I forgot to tell him. I, I've, I, I've, uh, I'll get him on your show here. He, he'll be a good one for sure. He, he's got the, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. No, stuff, my, so. my point was, is if the officer would have said, well, this guy has a, has a right to be here and to be heard, if he would have stood up and said, "I'm not taking him out for this," uh, you, right, right. If he right. would under, if he would understand the law himself, he wouldn't be involved 
with that, he would be looking more towards, okay, are you yeah. guys doing what you're supposed to do? That's the kind of thing that I was getting at. Anyway, Adam, yeah. let oh, me go. Oh, I need yeah. to finish up here with a couple of things, but I appreciate yep. the call, brother. Thank you. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. See ya. All right. There goes Adam. And I appreciate the call there, Adam. Appreciate it very much. And by the way, if you don't see some of the things that Adam does, I mean, Adam's a guy, he's a doer. He goes out, not only in his own community, he goes around the state uh, to different communities and speaking out. I want to hit these real quick. <clears throat> I don't, I'm, I may have to go over just a little bit, but that's okay. I appreciate hearing from you guys. This one um, came out of Oklahoma. A cop reinstated with back pay after assaulting a masseuse when she denied his happy ending, so to speak. Um, and I don't know what this is uh, here. This says a spam risk, so I'm not going to, well, let me just do it just to see. Well, nope, they hung up. Okay. When I get the spam stuff, I just, I don't answer it. <laughs> so apparently they have my Google number and they're going to do that too. Anyway, this out of Oklahoma and a disgusting display of misplaced priorities and blue privilege. The city of Oklahoma is currently wrestling with an arbitration award that has reinstated a former police officer previously fired for egregious misconduct. This disgraced officer Alfon Alonzo, not Alfonso, Alonzo Fields, is not only getting his job back, but is also set to receive back pay for his time spent on administrative leave. All this while the woman he victimized, a former massage therapist, has lost her livelihood and has been shamed into oblivion. All right, we've got a call coming in. We're going we're gonna to give it a shot. I don't know. I'll answer it. If you've got a banker on the line or something like that, then we'll have that. Caller, are you there? Hey, Tim. Hey. <laughs> sorry, sorry to call right back, man, but this was... I have a con I have a statement okay. on the Michigan call. Okay. So standing Supreme Court ruling says police are not here to protect and serve. Yep, that's right. They are not here to uphold the law. They are only here to enforce the laws on the book. How many of your towns and your cities are incorporated? All the modern police are are the enforcement arm of the corporated governments, period. Yep, that's exactly, the, yeah. The whole, the whole reason for corporation and t cities and towns and states and governments are all set up now to be incorporated. That means they're there for profit. That's what they're there for. That's right. Yep. And all the police are is their enforcement arm. Yep. Everyone needs to wake up to that fact. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate that. God bless. Brother. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. There goes Sean again. Uh, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to hold over just for these last couple of stories here. Uh, if you want to catch us, sonsoflibertymedia.com, before it's news.com, or you can catch us on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel, and you're going to look for when law enforcers break the law, justice must be served. And uh, we'll pick that up. On the other side of this, just for a couple of minutes, I'm not going to hang around a long time. I'm really not this morning. I got a lot to get done. But uh, if you want to catch Bradley, Bradley be with you at 3 uh, this afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then in the morning, we'll be right back here with Kate Shimrani, 8 a.m. Don't miss it. See you then. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio show. And... Um, let me just hit these real quick. I've only got two more after this one, and I'll hit them real quick, and then we'll hit a couple of scriptures on it. 
Uh, Fields was a seven-year-old, uh, seven-year veteran of the Oklahoma City Police Department. He was fired in August 2021 following his disgraceful behavior at the now-defunct Studio 132 Massage Therapy. According to court documents, Fields had demanded a sexually associated service termed a neuro, uh, new, uh, whatever that is, neuro, N-U-R-U, massage from a therapist. When she informed him that his request was illegal and the police had been notified, Fields became aggressive because he said, I am the police, lady, don't you know? <laughs> and attacked the woman and her co-worker, leading to the charges of engaging in prostitution and assault and battery. Fields didn't stop there. He attempted to obstruct the investigation into his crimes by leaving the studio after a 911 call had been made and abused his authority by accessing uh, dispatch records related to the call while off duty. He further shielded himself from accountability. I mean, this guy, this is a clever devil right here. He identified himself as a police officer conducting an investigation while off duty. In the wake of these charges, the owner of Studio 132 was left in ruins. In a Facebook message to KFOR at the time, she lamented, he was in law enforcement and they protected him. I lost my business and was shamed. The poignant sentiment starkly contrasts with Field's circumstances who, instead of facing the repercussions of his actions, will return to the police department with full back pay. I mean, here's the lady calling out what was wrong. She told him his request was illegal. She notified the police. She did all of what was right. And the very guy wearing the badge was the one breaking the law. And then listen to this. Despite admitting to 10 of the allegations leveled against him, the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 123 successfully grieved his termination. The arbitrator's decision to reinstate him, made in April 2023, now leaves the city contest the award on the grounds that it violates city and state policies since Fields admitted to his wrongdoing and misconduct. Oklahoma City Police Department uh, Chief Wade Gurley, uh, Gourley, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, said in a letter, Sergeant Field's actions de demonstrated a complete lack of integrity, constitute a willful and wanton disregard for the Oklahoma City Police Department's core values, and they destroy community trust in the police department. Well, then why is the guy getting back pay? Back pay? Why is he getting back on the force? What? You see what the guy said a minute ago where he says, you know, this is why people don't trust you. Yeah, it's because you don't bring justice against those who it should be brought against. This one was uh, an arsonist. Serial arsonist police chief gets life for burning down homes and buildings of people he didn't like. Crooked police chief turned arsonist David Crawford, 71. He's 71 doing this stuff. Has been sentenced to spend the rest of his life in prison. So the people are going to pick up the tab on that just like they picked up the tab on his paycheck. After being convicted of multiple felony charges for a string of fires he set targeting homes and property of those he saw as adversaries. When Crawford was arrested in March 2021, this former law enforcement official wielded his position as a shield, allowing him to carry out his arson spree under the radar for nearly a decade. He was issued eight life sentences. Gosh. It's a joke. It is a joke. It is not justice. That's what it is. Joke. It's jokus. Eight life sentences plus, as if that weren't enough, an additional 75 years in state prison by Circuit Court Judge Richard S. Bernhardt. 
Somebody needs to go figure out what's going on in Bernhardt's head here. They really do. For the series of fires set across various counties in Maryland, while no fatalities resulted from his destructive acts, countless victims, including young children, were thrust into the terror of escaping their homes amidst flames and smoke, losing nearly all of their personal belongings in the process. But guess what, people of Maryland? If this guy lives to be 100 for the next 29, 30 years, you guys are going to be paying three hots and a cot for this guy. You're going to be paying for cable television. You're going to be paying for his internet. You're going to be paying for him to go in the library and be re rehabilitated. You're going to pay for all of that stuff. You're going to pay for it. He's not paying. He'll have everything taken care of for him. And here's the final one. And this one really is a stomach turner. Cop who avoided jail after killing a six-month-old baby has been arrested again, this time for biting a toddler. By the way, the one I'm speaking of now, if you're watching on the Rumble video platform, this is the guy whose picture is on the video. Jason Michael Colley. He's a former Fairfield County Police Department officer. He didn't go to jail in 2017 for the death of his infant daughter due to a lenient plea deal because he didn't have a record and he was a boy in blue and he's one of ours and you know got to back the blue and the thin blue line and da 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 he's once again been charged with child abuse hmm Maryland again finally after coming to terms with the fact that this man is a threat to children a Maryland judge recently denied bail on these new charges good good The Free Throat Project had initially reported in 2018, Colley was indicted on charges of first-degree child abuse resulting in death, first-degree child abuse causing severe physical injury, and first-degree assault following the death of his six-month-old daughter, Harper Colley. Authorities were alerted to the infant's injuries in September 17, 2017, and she tragically succumbed several weeks later due to abusive head trauma. Frederick's County State Attorney Charles Smith explained that abusive head trauma can detail slamming a baby down on the ground, slamming a baby on may, a baby on maybe a table or against a wall, something along those lines. Smith highlighted that in Harper's case, there was severe brain bleeding. With that taken together with his conflicting statements, we felt we had proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And despite maintaining his innocence, Colley conceded to the state's evidence and entered an Alford plea. Consequently, he was handed a reduced 50-year sentence with all but eight years suspended. In August 2022, Frederick County Circuit Judge Julia A. Martz Fisher permitted Collie to serve his time on private house arrest. What in the world are you thinking, woman? There's a judge that needs to be impeached. Frederick County Circuit Judge Julia A. Martz Fisher. She's going to let him out on private house arrest, plus five years of supervised release. Well, it don't look like you guys were supervising this guy pretty well. During his legal proceedings, Collie and his wife had another daughter, now age three. Last week, daycare center staff reportedly discovered bruises, and we put this up uh, yesterday, discovered bruises on the young girl's arms. The three-year-old told a Frederick County Child Protective Services investigator that dad gets mad and dad bit my arm. What a sick dude. What a sick dude. 
Following these revelations, Collie was arrested on charges of second-degree felony child abuse and misdemeanor assault. Frederick County District Judge Dino E. Flores, Jr. agreed with the state's request to deny Collie bail. Spokesman for the prosecutor's office noted that the judge found that there was no other way to keep his child safe. However, Collie's defense attorney, Andrew Jezik, maintains his client's innocence, ignoring the child's remark about her father biting her, stating, as the judge acknowledged today, these bruises are minor. What is this? Andrew Jezik. Yeah, somebody make that guy famous. Doesn't care. They're just minor things to the kid. Doesn't matter that this grown man bit his daughter. He's just as sick as the guy doing it. These bruises are minor, something that might appear on a child's body any daycare, any day of the year. No! You don't get bite marks and bruise marks all in there. I mean, come on. Wow. You need to make Jezik up there in Maryland. You need to make him famous by not giving him any business and telling people what he's done. And then this Frederick, uh, Frederick County Circuit Judge Julia A. Martz Fisher, she needs to be impeached. She's the chick who let him out. My goodness. You know, Paul, and I read to you from Romans chapter 2, those who do, not those who just hear, but those who do the law are the ones who are justified. Look at what we see in Romans chapter 3, because Paul's whole argument is to make sure that all of his readers are condemned under law, that all are sinners. In fact, as he goes into Romans 3, that's what he starts pointing out. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And then he's, he goes down through this, and this is an issue of law, and we're talking about the moral law. We're not talking about little statutes that men write and all this other. We're talking about the moral law of God. Go back to the Ten Commandments. He says, where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what? Law. Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, just like Abraham was. How was Abraham justice? How was it counted in him for righteousness? When God gave him a promise, Abraham believed it, and the Bible says it was that. His belief in God, of what God said, his promise, was counted to him for righteousness. And that's Paul's argument in Romans going into 3, 4, and 5. He uses Abraham for that. James, on the other hand, goes forward a little bit, and he says, that faith that we didn't see that God declared righteousness unto him was evidenced when God told him to go and to offer up his promised son, Isaac. And Abraham did it. He was willing to go. Had the boy bound, had the wood, had the knife drawn. And God intervened, stopped him. He knew that he was obedient to the Lord, stopped him, and provided a ram as a sacrifice in the place of Isaac. A wonderful picture of the Christ. Because all of us were, we might as well be bound 
on the altar, the wood piled up, the knife brought up and ready to take our life. And in the midst of that, Jesus steps in and he does what? He takes our place. He goes under the knife, if you will. He goes under the judgment that we were to endure. But look at what Paul says here. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's true. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? In other words, if you have faith in the Lord Jesus, can you be one who turns around and say, I don't need that law? Oh, law, law, that's for Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. I don't need the law. What does Paul say? This is New Covenant stuff. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. May it never be. We establish the law. We establish the law. And I got to tell you, I see people, they come into the chat I have conversations with them, and they want, they want to hear nothing about the law of God, but they'll talk about their sin, their violations of it. Oh, I just sin all over the place. That's what they'll do. It's like, what? That's not what Scripture says. When it comes to these cops, that the reason I say that is there is a law, and that law applies to these cops too. Just as much as it applies to me, and just as much as it applies to you. And when these cops are not held accountable and real justice is not brought, then yes, the people are going to question whether they can trust them. And the further you've been indoctrinated into the thin blue line, the more you're going to trust them no matter what they do to you. Go back and read some of the stuff that happened in Nazi Germany. Great book. I've made mention of it before. Um, <clears throat> Gun Control in the Third Reich. And uh, you can see the people were fearful of the, of the police there, but they were also sort of trusting with them. It's kind of one of those Stockholm Syndrome kind of things. You know, those guys could pull you out. They found a truncheon, a knife, a gun on you. You didn't get due process. You just got a bullet in the head right there in the street from where they pulled you out. We're getting dangerously close to that same kind of scenario. Many of our cops think they're, they're guys in the military over in Iraq and that we're the domestic enemy, we're the terrorists. And you can see it when they go to bust in some of these houses. My goodness, they look like a military unit going in there. It's crazy. Oh, we got to protect our guys. They, they need to go home safe. And then a lot of times you find out they go in the wrong house and they kill innocent people. But they're not really held accountable for it most times. They're really not. Romans 13. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that, are, that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Understand, Paul is writing this during the time of uh, Caesar's. And... He's not saying Caesar's right in what he's doing. That's not what he's communicating at all. In fact, when we had our friend Charlie Stewart on from GodSendUsMen.com, one of the things he was pointing out was years ago when they translated this passage <clears throat> and they talked about the king in the passage 
It was with a capital K. They, the understanding was that the king spoken here is Jesus. He's the, he's the higher power, if you will. And <clears throat> to me, that fits right in line with the argument that Paul has been making the whole way through in the context of the book of Romans. However, as men establish governments, if men who are put into positions of authority will not submit themselves to the authority, to the one and only king, the one and only potentate, Jesus Christ, if they won't do that, then they're by nature's traitors. They're imposters. Paul says this, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So I, I ask a question. <clears throat> If you are a believer and you're doing what's right before the Lord, why are you in terror over what they might do to you? Does this apply or does this not apply? What applies, but it shows you that something has been reversed. I think one of the clearest evidences of that was that video that I had, I think it was up there in Pennsylvania, where the guy was reading the Bible on the sidewalk. He's got three cops there right in front of him. And they're having a pride parade thing or a gathering over on the other side of the street. And all the guy's doing is reading the scripture. That's all he's doing on a public sidewalk. And these three cops go and arrest him for simply reading the scriptures. Well, how is Paul telling the truth here? Well, he's telling the truth not as <clears throat> how things are, but he's giving the practical <clears throat> excuse me, didactic teaching to say that if anyone is in authority, they're under the authority of God and they're supposed to be doing what God has commanded. It's just like the king. In the old covenant, what happened? The king was to write a copy of the law and he was to keep a copy of that law and he was to read it and he was to know it and he was not to violate it. It was to protect him and it was to protect the people and to protect their liberty. And you see, when the kings didn't know the law, that the lawlessness abound. We read from Josiah. He was a young boy, 12 years old, reading the law of God, started to take action. Hey, wait a minute. We got the high places around here. We need to tear those things down. And what do you do? They tore them down. They tore them down. He wanted to follow the law of God as he understood it. So this is what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a terror to those who do evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good. Well, what's good? Who defines what's good and what's evil? God does. God does. It's defined outside of us. You remember some of the things that Israel got in trouble for was every man did what was right or what was good in his own sight. And God said... Also, he says, woe to those who want to call evil good and good evil. But he says, do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. What's he talking about evil here? Is he talking about evil like, oh, you went five miles over the speed limit? No, that's not what he's talking about. You had a plant growing on, on your property? Is that what he's talking about? Nope, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a violation of his law. That's the good and the evil. That's showing you what's good and what's evil. He says, if you do that which is evil, then you need to be afraid. For he, that's this ruler, this minister of God, 
beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Real evil, not pretended man evil, but real evil, what God calls evil. Now, <clears throat> again, consider what we've looked at. We've taken these guys, we've looked at several examples. These are just the ones in the past, uh, you know, 10 days that we posted. And it's really interesting because we're, we're seeing even when these guys are brought in, what happens? Well, they're given basically a slap on the hand. I mean, it took this guy after killing his daughter, apparently. Now he's bit his other daughter, and they're going to take and they're going to do this other stuff. We're going to give you, you know, whatever we're going to give you. And the guy before him, who's 71, they're going to give him how many? Five, what was that? Five, eight life sentence, whatever it was, and 75 years additional. It's just ridiculous. So let me, let me speak to the police officers who would be listening to this and say, well, we're not all like that. Okay. Granted, I, I'm, I, I've said that. I'm not trying to paint every single officer like this, but I'll tell you this. The vast majority of them, when they're put in certain positions, they will do certain things. And we've seen it among entire police departments. I'm sure that there's probably others that aren't like this at all, or you'd be hearing about it, okay? And I got to tell you, all of my interactions with police officers over the years, I've had maybe two or three that were just real jerks to me. They had no reason to be jerks to me, but they were. The other ones I had great, you know, it was very cordial talking back and forth and things. In fact, one of, one of the sheriff's deputies, we were out in the front yard, me and the kids were playing flashlight tag, and he pulled in because he saw us going around the side of the house and it was really dark. And he said, I was just wanting to make sure that nobody was trying to come in your house, that this was you. And I said, well, I appreciate that. I mean, wasn't necessary for him to do that, but, you know, he was very kind, saw that it was us, and then he left. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and get bent out of shape about that. But, here, but here's the thing for police officers. I'm going to read to you out of the book of James. This is chapter 2. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. This is what police officers are supposed to do. They're supposed to love their neighbor as their self. This is not supposed to be a thin blue line separating them and us. It's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. But if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Now, he's been talking about how they'll let the rich man, they'll come in, take the rich guy into the assembly, and they'll sit him in the prominent places, and they'll take the poor guy, and they'll sit him at the back, or they'll sit him on the side or make him stand or something like that. And he's saying, these, these are the guys who, who, they're the ones who bother you. They're the ones who trouble you. For he said that, uh, for he that said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For, she, for he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy without uh, rejoiceth against judgment. Huh. So what does he say here? He said, 
You may not do what you're catching. Let's take it and apply it in a police officer setting. You may not be doing what you're catching other people doing. But if you're violating the law, the moral law of God, in any way, you've broke all of the law too. You're a lawbreaker and you should be arresting yourself and turning yourself in. That's what should be happening. But that's not usually what happens, is it? Nope. I'll tell you, we've allowed this to fester and to grow, and we praise this stuff, even when it is so egregious, like some of the instances I've given you here. And I could give you hundreds, thousands more. In fact, you can go on YouTube every day, and you can see where these auditors are dealing with the cops or with the stories that are coming out about corrupt cops, cops committing crimes, breaking the law. And you'll see virtually no justice being given. You'll see the people are the ones who pay the bills. The people are the ones victimized. And the guys wearing the uniforms, the agents of the state, are the ones usually getting off. Now, occasionally you do see some semblance of justice. It's really not justice. Because, again, the prison system is not justice. It's not. But there's at least a recognition, yes, there's something wrong. We're trying to do something, but... If they would just listen to what God said, they'd end a lot of this real quick. They'd stop a lot of it. The Bible says so. So the people learn to fear. They won't do what that person did. And if there's no justice, if nobody sees it, and this is why capital crimes were dealt with out in the open. They're not done in a back room somewhere with a limited number of people to see it. They were done out in the open. And the community took part in it. Why? Because it was... As Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka said, a teachable moment. It was to teach people, don't do, don't break the law like this person did. Don't do it, or this will be your end too. And the people learned to fear the Lord. That's what Scripture says it was for. Now, does Tim Brown want the feds or the states to be putting anybody to death? Only if they were a righteous bunch of people, but they aren't. I've always said you do it as local as possible in the person's community where they know the people. And those people are going to do their best to look at the evidence and try to exonerate the guy because nobody wants to sit there and put somebody to death the way the Scripture says to put them to death. They just don't want to do that. And frankly, I wish these cops would repent. If you're a cop out there today and you're violating the law because you think it's your job, you might want to rethink that. You might want to rethink that. What you're putting out on the people, an infringement of liberty that you may be engaged in, it's going to come around to you too. It'll eventually come around to you too. For those who uphold their oath and will only engage in dealing with the real violation of moral law in which property liberty or life has been taken or damaged, then more power to you. More power to you. You say, well, what if I've broken the law? Well, there's hope for you too, even if you're not a police officer. This is what we just read out of James. He's talking about faith. 
Faith in what? Just anything? No, faith in the one who is a savior from sin, Matthew 121. His name will be called Jesus, Yeshua, because he will save his people from their sin. He doesn't leave them in their sin. He saves them from it. If you'll submit yourself unto him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one and only king, and you'll repent of your sin, guess what? That is his salvation. That is his grace to you, to turn you from lawlessness to light. That's what he does. That's what he does. Will you do that today? Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then we'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m., Lord willing, with Kate Shimrani. Talk to you then. See you.